boy, 2020 has been a weird year, hasn't it? We had to deal with that worldwide killer pandemic, and now we have to turn our attention to elections and politics. Quite frankly, I'm not sure which is scarier. I remember getting my COVID test and they poked this thing right up in my nose so far it made my eyes water. And I kind of get an eerily similar feeling every time I hear all of these politicians campaigning against each other. As you might have been able to tell, not a huge fan of politics. In fact, I think I line up with Monty Python actor Eric Idle when he says that a lot has been said about politics. Much, some of it complimentary, but most of it accurate. And I think many of you are probably on the same page as me. I think in New Zealand especially, the way that we kind of act towards politics as Christians is that we tend to go into two different groups. There's one group that's trying to recapture the magic of Christian New Zealand. And then there's another group, which I probably fit into a little bit more, which is the New Zealand's already gone past Christianity and just, just let the politicians do, government do what it does and I'll follow Jesus. But I've been challenged recently to rethink the way that I see myself as both a citizen of God's kingdom and a citizen of New Zealand. And the, the way that those two mix together. So in the next three weeks, we're going to do a little bit of a series around faith and politics. This week, a little bit more of a general thought that I want to share with you. And then over the next two weeks, we're going to look at the two referendums. And we're going to take a little bit of a deeper dive into what's actually at stake and how as Christians we should be thinking and responding towards that. Now I want to make it very clear. We're not here to tell you how to vote. That is not our goal. That is not our purpose. Instead, what we want to do is to arm you and equip you to be able to think about these issues and think about our role in society in a way that is reflected through Scripture. So we want to open up the Bible a little bit. We want to talk a little bit about some stuff and then let you enter into that political sphere, enter into those election booths with a little bit more of an understanding of how God maybe is guiding you. He says in chapter 13, everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from God and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Jumping down to verse 4, he says, The authorities are God's servants, sent for your good. But if you're doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants, sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. See, there's a really interesting picture that Paul is painting here. I mean, this is a guy, like I said, who is being oppressed by his governments and is writing to people who are currently experiencing oppression at the hands of a government that doesn't like them for believing what they believe. In another part of the Bible, Peter is doing the same thing, and he is telling people to submit to the governing authorities, even though he is also talking to people who are being oppressed by the government, and he himself had been experience those sorts of things as well. So there's this really interesting idea that even though the government may fail you, even though it's supposed to protect you, that's what God planned, and it doesn't, Paul is saying we still submit to those authorities. Why? 
why would he ask us to do that? And I think it's very clear in this passage. He says, because the authority comes from God. This is his idea. This is his plan. He likes this. Governments are not a random human development. This is something God put in place. He put governments in place to govern over a nation. Now, he wants it done a certain way. He wants it for our good. And we know that that doesn't always happen. And he will hold them accountable for that. That's something we need to keep in mind. He gives them a responsibility and he holds them accountable to that responsibility. But because he has set it in place, because they are his servants doing his work, we submit to them whether or not we think they're doing a good job. We obey those laws whether or not we think those laws are good, with an exception. And that is what we call civil disobedience. We do that when those laws require us to do something that is non-Christian or that is going against our faith, that causes us to deny our faith. Again, Peter is a great example of this because he says in 1 Peter, submit to the authorities, follow their instructions. And yet he himself in the book of Acts had to disobey the authorities when they said, stop talking about Jesus. And he's like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to stop talking about Jesus because he is my king and he outranks you. But then he turns around later and says, but in most cases, our posture, our, our desire should be to both obey, submit, and honor and respect our governing authorities because that is honoring, respecting, and submitting to God. That's his plan. Hard as that may be. The good thing about our current government system that Paul did not have access to and Peter did not have access to is the idea that we can actually be a force of change for a government we believe is not doing the right job. We actually have methods of speaking out, speaking into and voting into, which I'll get to in a second, where we can act out change in a government we feel is not being the way God asked them to be. Yeah? So that's this first picture that we get from the book of Romans in, in chapter 13. But there's another interesting little piece that I want to look at here. In verse 6 and 7, it says, Pay your taxes too, for the same reasons. You know, not just because we have to, but out of conscience. Because government workers need to be paid. They're serving God in what they do. Okay, so we pay taxes. Maybe it's not something we need to try and avoid as much as possible. But actually, it's our responsibility to support the government and what it's doing. All right, I'm not going to go into that too much because I don't like paying taxes either. All right, give to, this is, this is the really key verse here. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Now, this is the New Living Translation. I really like what the NIV, the New International Version says, where it says, give to them what they owe. If it's taxes, pay taxes. If it's honor, pay honor. If it's, you know, glory, pay glory. Whatever it is that the government requires of you, you need to pay that. You owe that to them. And it raised a very interesting question to me. What does our democratic New Zealand government system require of us? What do we owe it? Obviously, we have the taxes thing. We have obeying the laws and respecting their authority. We got that. But... Deeper than all of that, there is another part of the system of government that we owe them. 
and that is participation. The way democracy works is the government has asked its citizens to use their voice in the form of a vote and other forms of voices as well, but mostly this vote to help guide the government to doing what we believe it should be doing. So each person has this, this voice, this vote, this one tick that helps, that gives us not just the right, not just the ability, but the responsibility to say, I think this should be happening in this country. So not in New Zealand, you don't have to vote. You have to enroll to vote, but you don't legally have to vote. But I think what this is saying, what Paul would say to us if he wrote this letter to our church was that you owe the government your voice to go and to say what you believe. Now again, I'm not going to say what you should do with that voice. There's a lot of different things and God could be pushing different people in a lot of different directions. There's a lot to think about with that. But the key here is he is saying, get involved. It may not, this government may not be supporting the values that you hold dear as a Christian. And ultimately God is our king and we are following him and his kingdom is going to be the one that lasts forever. But we live here now. We are part of this government system and this government system is ordained, if I can use a Christian-y word, it is put on, it is put there by God for our good. So we should participate in it. That doesn't mean we need to become like zealots for politics and talk about it all day. I'm never going to be that guy. You're never going to confuse me for a political enthusiast. But I owe my government my voice, my opinion, my sense of what I believe should be right. And so I encourage you as you think about your engagement with the election this year to think about what you owe government and think about maybe getting involved and having your say having your voice let me pray lord thank you so much that you honestly thank you for a government that is so much better than it could be and we know places around the world there are people who are really really suffering at the hands of horrible administrations um, in history and, and currently around the world, there are people who are dying, who are being oppressed uh, for all sorts of ridiculous reasons. People are abusing their power. And Lord, we ask and we, we lean on your promise that you will hold them accountable and they will have to face you for what they do and what they have done. Help us to have an attitude that you would be proud of as we approach our government and that as we approach the election, that we would be able to speak in a way that you would want us to speak. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We would love to have further conversations with you. There are other things that I think the Bible can say about which way to go. And like I said, next couple of weeks, we're going to look at some specific issues around referendums. Another opportunity for us to have our say and have our vote. If you'd like to talk more, have some discussions around where should our votes be going? What does the Bible say about stuff? Um, nothing probably very specific, but there are some few guidelines that I think we can talk about. Get in contact with me, hamish at churchnorthwest.nz, and I'd love to have a chat with you. Thanks so much.